Hello, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I'm Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I'd like to thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed today's review, I do encourage you to check out more of my stuff at my website, Quipster.net, where you can find over 3,800 written reviews to read anytime. Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at a film that's currently out in limited release. It's called Louder Than Bombs. It's a drama, R-rated because of language, some sexual content, nudity, and violent images, and it runs an hour and 49 minutes. The cast includes Gabriel Byrne, Isabel Huppert, Jesse Eisenberg, Devin Druid, Amy Ryan, and David Strathairn. The director is Joachim Trier, and the screenplay is by Trier as well as Eskil Vogt. Joachim Trier is a Danish-born and Norwegian-raised filmmaker. He's directing and co-scripting here his first English-language film to date. Louder Than Bombs is a thoughtful examination of how perceptions of reality are often far from accurate, even among people who feel that they know one another quite well. Gabriel Byrne stars as a man named Gene. He's a widower high school teacher trying to establish a firm connection again with his two sons, Conrad and Jonah, Conrad being played by Devin Druid and older Jonah played by Jesse Eisenberg. It's been a few years since the death of Gene's award-winning war photojournalist wife's death, played by Isabel Huppert in flashback mode. She died in a fatal car accident. A museum gallery wants to show some of her previously unpublished photographs that she may have left behind in her studio, and her former colleague Richard, played by Strathairn at the New York Times, would like to run a piece about the exhibit as well as about her life, and Richard also wants to include a tidbit that the accident that she was involved in may actually have been a suicide. Jean knows that before this gets published, that he should tell his younger son, which he kept from him because he thought he was too young at the time. And he's been very troubled and mostly withdrawn ever since. Now he's a teenager in high school. And Conrad, he's not sure how to approach him with this information before it becomes public knowledge. Eldest Jonah is now visiting the home following the birth of his own son because he is called there to sift through his mother's photographs in order to choose what to hand over to this museum for the exhibit. Jonah thinks his dad should actually stop Richard from mentioning that part of the story, the allusion to her committing suicide instead of it being just a freak accident. He even denies the validity of it and thinks that this is not something that he should tell Conrad. So that's kind of the main setup Louder Than Bombs as a movie, it's pretty slow moving. It's an observational drama and it seeks truth, not really through the kind of long speeches or volatile arguments you would get from a lot of more mainstream Hollywood films, but this one's done through smaller, more contemplative touches, as well as bringing in fragments of reflective narration from several points of view among the characters as they appear on the screen. The characters that are in the story are flawed, just as we are all flawed. They're not entirely easy to connect with, especially at this point in their life when they're still overcome by grief and doubt and uh, not being able to resolve a lot of uh, pent-up emotion. This aspect does work well in its reflection on how a family can perpetuate their own dysfunction through difficulties in how they communicate with one another, as well as in they're engaging in self-destructive acts in the wake of a tragedy that they're still not quite ready to put fully in the past. 
Each one of the members of the family does some fairly despicable things from a moral standpoint, but Trier sees them as what they are, human character flaws that many of us are capable of falling into should we have the right, or maybe I should say wrong, circumstances. Trier employs a non-linear plotline. It dips back into flashbacks from time to time. It even shades those flashbacks with a lot of conjecture on the part of the person who is thinking about those events from a speculative perspective. The storyline also weaves in a few dream sequences that divulge even more of the state of mind of those involved. It's very surreal in a certain fashion, but I don't think that it's ever in a way that breaks the reality of the film into the realm of overwrought artifice. Because of this, the film is a bit messy and disjointed, but perhaps that's intentional because life is messy and disjointed. Even when someone thinks that they have the capability of putting oneself into another character's shoes, the richly developed characterizations show that no single person truly gets someone else's thoughts or their feelings or the composition of their character through and through, and that adds to the chasms of emotional distance that occurs between all of these characters. In one poignant scene, it's revealed that the mother, named Isabel, played by Huppert, of course, she explains to her children that often pictures, such as the ones that she sees published, tell different stories depending on how one frames them. So, too, does this film show how one perceives others depending on what piece of new information one finds out or what one has left out of the equation, and that forces conjecture on the part of the other people who know that person. For instance, Conrad writes a journal that reveals more about himself than anyone in the world could possibly know, and he intends to share this information with the girl at school that he's been harboring a crush on, even though in reality he knows almost nothing about her other than what he observes from his stance from afar. He doesn't really want to know, it seems, because he spends more time playing online video games persistently while he's at home, or when he's out and about in public, he wears large, noise-canceling headphones as he traverses from place to place. Meanwhile, the older brother, Jonah, reconnects with an old girlfriend. He gives her only a fragment of information about his life, and she uses those fragments to make her own assumptions, and he does not dispel them, perhaps only because he enjoys, however briefly, the connection that they've rekindled. This also forces Jonah to shade the truth, or perhaps even outright lie to his own wife, as to why he isn't returning home to be husband and father right away. He, like his mother, who existed in two different worlds, even though she did it for a longer period of time, he's playing for a moment in the escape of one world into another, even though he knows this is only a temporary thing. Louder Than Bombs would seem like it's culled together an odd collection of thespians to put together as a family. You've got Gabriel Byrne and Isabel Huppert as a couple, and then Jesse Eisenberg and Devin Druid as the sons. But it ends up working quite well for the material. As with its characters, there's more than meets the eye in Louder Than Bombs. It offers plenty of surprising and poignant aspects that make it of interest as it begins to peel back the layers of the deep-seated family history for us to peruse. This is the kind of film that used to be made with more frequency by Hollywood, most notably in films like Ordinary People, which perhaps not coincidentally also contained a depressed and emotionally numb young man named Conrad. 
While there's no easy roads to happiness to be found within Louder Than Bombs, it always seems out of reach. There's always a degree of hopefulness underneath Trier's philosophical handling of the story. It never quite goes places where you'd suspect from the outset. Whether he's making films in Europe or America, Louder Than Bombs shows that Trier is definitely a director that's worth watching for in the future. I'm giving his film 3.5 stars out of 4, and 3.5 stars on my scale means that I do think that this is a good film. I do think that if you are interested in these actors, this story, or in just seeing a good film, I do think that this definitely has enough going for it to make it worth your while. I'm not going to guarantee that everyone's going to enjoy this, but I do think that if you enjoy family dramas done with intelligence and moments of great poignancy, then I do think that Louder Than Bombs should probably fit the bill for those people looking for this kind of material. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you do, I always encourage you to click the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you happen to be on iTunes or any place else where you can leave a review and you want to support this show, I do encourage you to leave a review there because I desperately need word of mouth to get the word out there that this is a film review show that is worth checking out if you just want the straight film reviews. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name of the show. Until next time, I hope that you enjoy your time whenever you go to the movies and that the Quipster Film Review Podcast can be a part of that process. 